this is really just a, a practice and an embodiment and lifestyle of returning back into the ancestral ways in my experience. And this is my intention and the purpose. Like you said, like there's no end goal. There's no rubric. However, the intention for me is welcoming back the primal and ancestral roots of our being. And it's really as simple as just stripping back the conditioning that tells us what to do and how to be. Welcome to the Limitless Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mason. The time is now for us to break free of conditioned habits, think for ourselves, and realize our limitless nature. We will explore talks on meditation, creativity, wellness, spirituality, and storytelling. You're in for a treat because we're peeling back the layers and diving deep. I'll be having diverse voices from all different creative backgrounds and points of view on to discuss what makes their soul limitless. Plug in and tune out the outside world as we go on this journey together. Hello, Limitless Souls. Welcome to this episode of the Limitless Soul Podcast. We are in the thick of cancer season right now. Lots of emotions, lots of time to rest and reconnect with our intuition. And I have been doing just that. Um, In my last episode, I talked about being up camping and being by the water and really connecting with the wild woman archetype, which is what I'm going to be getting into today in this episode with Paulina Melissa's. Um, Before we hop in, I wanted to tell you about something really amazing that I have going on. If you're listening to this today, um, it's actually the last day to sign up for my lunar soul activation journey. It's a two-week self-guided container where I'm going to be supporting you, guiding you through my Awaken Your Limitless Soul journal. It's so awesome for summer because it's going to help you connect with yourself on a deeper level, but also be integrating into your living, waking life right in the moment. So it's not going to take you a ton of time. It's not like an online course where you have to dedicate a ton of time to it and you have to learn something new. You're actually learning from yourself in the present moment. It's so fun. This is what has helped me so much on my journey is becoming my own teacher, is listening to my intuition, is intuitive channeling, and then looking at and learning from the information that I'm gathering. And I talk talk a lot about intuitive channeling and I broke it down on Instagram the other day, what it means to me. And really being intuitive is feeling and listening to our bodies and listening to our inner guidance, our inner wisdom that's encoded into us instead of our intellectual mind that consumes programming. And it definitely is helpful. Like I love being an intellectual and reading books and consuming information. However, there's so much depth of knowledge that's within our bodies that we bypass sometimes because we go straight to the mind because there's something we can prove or it's tangible, um, it's scientific, whatever it might be. And we don't listen to our bodies. And that's what intuitive intuitive nature is, is feeling into something that that knowing that comes from a, a feeling in our bodies. And channeling is simply taking that feeling and awareness and getting it out of the body so that we can see it. So that can come in spoken word, like you can just say it out loud or you can write it down. You can put it into art and people can feel the energy that is in that expression because it came from your intuition. It came from your soul. So in my uh, lunar soul activation, I'm going to be guiding you how to do that. That's that's what I do. It's how I operate. It's how I run my business. It's how I um, learn and grow from myself um, the best. So if you want to sign up, you can click the link down in the show notes. Um, I'm only taking 30 people. Hopefully by the time you hear this, it's not sold out and you can actually hop in. And I am just thrilled to be able to do this this summer, but it does close um, tonight. So hopefully you're listening to this today, uh, July 8th, and the doors close July 9th, and we will start on the new moon. So if you want to get more information, you can go click 
the uh, link down in the show notes, or you can go to our link in our bio. It's not on my website, so it's kind of like an underground secret society uh, if you want to access this and come um, on this journey with us and spend a couple of minutes a day to really transform your life and get more connected with your intuition so you can channel through your work, through your relationships, through your own art or whatever you are creating currently. So today, Paulina from Paulina Prana, that's her Instagram handle, is joining me. And I was so interested to talk to Paulina because I really admire the way that she listens to her intuition and channels her inner wisdom through astrology, through group containers, um, and her music, and just the way that she moves through this world. She is a light worker. She's here to share channeled wisdom and cosmic tools in support of our Earth journey. She's so connected to the Earth. It's really beautiful to witness someone be in this truth all the time and share what that looks like. Um, she's mostly an astrologer and a student of the Egyptian mysteries. Something that we get into on this episode is about free bleeding and her experience with it as a woman and with the connection that our cycle has with the earth and how we can become more deeply connected with who we really are through honoring the things that our bodies naturally do. And this is not something I've been super familiar with and was very interested in talking to someone who um, has this part of their life and share with us, like, maybe we don't want to put it on our faces or paint with it or something, but how can we be more connected to our bodies? How can we be more connected to the natural rhythm that we have instead of stunting or stopping and suppressing our, our very nature? And we she did some storytelling about, you know, what it's like to transition from being a part of the, you know, conformity of using tampons and pads and whatnot to um, allowing herself to shed that cycle naturally and how it ties into the wild woman archetype, which is what we really focus this all around and what that really means to us and how being connected with ourselves, our bodies, the earth is returning to what it means to be wild. And what it means to be wild is to be close to nature. And wild has gotten a bad rap of like reckless and, you know, uh, immature or defiant, but really it's in union, it's connectivity. So I'm so excited for you to experience this episode. It's really, really special and beautiful and the perfect for this time of year during cancer season where we're dropping more into our intuition. We're connecting more with our inner selves. The mother archetype um, is what cancer season is all about. So enjoy this episode with Paulina Melissa's. And if you want to know more about her initiatives, the project she's working on, you can click down in the show notes and check out the offerings that she has. Welcome, Paulina, to the Limitless Soul Podcast. Thank you so, so much. Happy you're here today. Such an honor. Yeah, and we're in the midst of Mercury retrograde. We have everything going very smoothly right now. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm like, where do we start today? Where should we start with this wild woman archetypal conversation? let's start here where are you in your journey that this is kind of coming through for me right now where on your journey right now what's coming through for you as the most important thing to pay attention to let's just start there I'm just gonna go in really deep mm, good thank you for that <laughs> the the biggest thing that comes through immediately is forgetting and just throwing away every expectation or construct around what we think that looks like and the way we've seen it look like on Instagram or the way we've imagined that to be in the ways that we've seen other people exhibiting that archetype and knowing that the way that shows up and being 
in this wild woman embodiment is different for each of us and that it needs to be authentic and unique to each of us for it to be real. Mm. So to just initially throw away any idea of like two inch long armpit hair or like drinking your period blood or any crazy <laughs> things that we've heard of. And yes. <laughs> and to get to the root of what is, how does this, how can this be welcomed into my life and how could I embody this within the environment I live in and how could I become wild and primal and return to the ancestral roots of my own nature in my own way without it having a specific timeline or structure according to the way I think it should be or the way I think it is like there's no proper way right yeah oh my gosh thank you for saying that this was the perfect segue. And I'm like, how are we going to dive into this? It's so, so, so deep and beautiful and complex and simple at the same time. Um, I love that you said that, that we have to find our own meanings, our own way, because there isn't a goal. There isn't like, here is how you become one with nature. Step one, do this. Step two, you know, in the physical experience of it all um but in your in your experience um i know that you have been doing like free bleeding and you grow your own vegetables and use you know a lot of things are so close to nature at this point um were you always like that like were you raised like that or is this something that you found through a certain experience like did something propel you onto a yearning for stripping away all of this illusion all of the attachments and things like that it's definitely a little bit of both and that's a great question in how we navigate this experience for ourselves and look at other people's journeys as well of like you know it's unfair this person was raised as a cool hippie child and they've been vegan their whole life and you know that's not fair and I have to like unlearn everything I've learned from the way I've been raised. So for me personally, I was raised totally normal in a normal society and was ate, you know, normal American food growing up. Um, however, my family is from Greece. And so growing up, my grandparents in Greece grow their own food and always have. And everything that they eat and produce, they would even trade like a rabbit for a loaf of bread. Not that they were poor, but because they could. Do. <laughs> this is what you yeah. do. <laughs> a rabbit for a bread and things like that. So I was definitely exposed to this ancestral way growing up, although I lived in America and then had this duality. So going into that portal and being with my, my bloodline, that was a huge initiation as a child. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of returning to that and unlearning the American you know, Turtle Island, like, yeah, the North America kind of concept. And I mean, this is all over the world, but it's been a, a journey to unlearn a lot of the habits and the conditionings and the cultural programmings to return to a more resonant space and a more sustainable lifestyle. So it started with growing kale <laughs> because I you know, we, we found, I found out about kale and quinoa, like, you know, years ago when it yeah. started to become a cool thing. And so anyways, yeah, it's been a very consistent progression over, I'd say like the last seven years of taking pretty big steps um, towards this more sustainable and ancestral direction. I started growing some herbs and veggies, started growing out my leg hair, I started using a period cup instead of tampons and pads and started making conscious shifts throughout my life and eventually left this college town of drinking and overcompensating for my insecurities and promiscuity and <laughs> unconscious connections and really committed to my evolution and to my ascension. And in that process of devotion, this, the teachers and the guidance has just popped up mm -hmm. and I don't feel that I necessarily had a lot of personal influences that 
specifically guided me. I felt really alone in that expansion and in navigating this huge shift in who I want to be versus who I've been my whole life. So it felt really isolating for me personally. And I was the only person that I knew that was using a period cup, you know, many years ago. And Mm -hmm. I was the only person I knew that had the immensity of leg hair that I'm capable of growing. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you on that one for sure. I tried to do it last year and I, I have like thick, dark, very coarse hair and I grew it out past the point of like being uncomfortably like the stubbiness into like, it was like soft. I could almost like comb it. And then, (laughs) and I was like, it was such a weird experience to do that and like go out in shorts because in my, like my own body, I was like, I don't care about this hair, but then introducing like an outside person to my like existence in this body in a different way that is different, you know, it it would be perceived different. All of the insecurity immediately like rises up and I had to like be aware of it and be like, why do I care? Like had to start asking these deeper questions of why my reaction was happening to someone perceiving me in a way. And so the whole summer, I just like let it out all last year. And I was like, I don't even care. It's 2020. Nobody cares about anything. I'm just going to do it. (laughs) And then like fall came and I was wearing leggings one day and it was so uncomfortable to have my leg hair tight in a, in a, in a, like a jean or like a, anything to my body. So I shaved my legs and it was the most liberating experience to shave my legs. Not because I thought someone would see them, but because of my own comfort. (laughs) Exactly. Very strange. And that's exactly, yeah, the process of becoming embodied and making these choices because of how it feels and not because of Mm. any perceived or projected judgment that sometimes we're creating, we can be projecting mm-hmm. that there is a judgment when there isn't, which of course, these things are usually very judged in our society. Yeah. And that's where my shift turned from, you know, growing my armpit hair and growing my leg hair and talking about period blood on social media and being really like rageful about the way I wanted to, I was demanding respect and I was demanding that boys honor me. And it was, an insecurity that I was like raging inside. There was this upwelling of, of the wild woman, I suppose, yeah. within me and this ancestral knowing of truth and really just tradition in the way things used to be. Like I've, I've been approached on this topic and people have said to me like, what if that's not my path to, to do this and do that and do that and do that? And I say like, absolutely, however, before tampons and pads were invented, before razors were invented, where do you think our period blood went before toilets were invented and we just uh, assumed it to be a waste product? And before there were hospital, you know, institutions and these systems implemented, where do you think our blood went when our ancestors' ancestors, you know, our grandmother's 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 grandmother, where Mm -hmm. did she put her blood when she bled? And what did she do with her body hair? Do you think it was even a question for them? So we're looking back and we're peeling back layers of consciousness to realize we are in this level of this third dimensional reality and earth has evolved to this point where we have these implemented systems to handle and to cope with and to deal with and to embrace or address our bodies and the ways in which we're programmed to look at ourselves. But this is really just a, a practice and an embodiment and lifestyle of returning back into the ancestral ways in my experience. And this is my um, intention and the purpose, like you said, like there's no end goal, there's no rubric. However, the intention for me is welcoming back the primal and ancestral roots of our being. And it's really as simple as just stripping back the conditioning that tells us what to do and how to be. Mm-hmm. So I move through many layers of being really angry about, ah, like, why is everybody so mad? And I would want to trigger people and I would want to share it even more. And I would want to be seen even more. 
And I realized that was my inner child feeling unseen, feeling unheard, feeling oppressed, controlled, and feeling like my hands were tied to something. And I had stuff being force fed to me my whole life that never really felt right in my culture. And, and, and just this, you know, we can all relate to that in some way of like, Oh, I never belonged. And I'm the black sheep of my family. And yes. And that's because we're here to liberate our, our lineage, our lineages, our maternal and paternal lines of the incredibly immense oppression that they've endured for most, for most of us that, is a reality so this for me has evolved into not having an agenda when i'm expressing myself and to solely be doing that because i feel embodied and so anchored in myself that i'm not trying to seek validation and this took years so now i'm at a point where i can wax my legs or wax my armpits after a year of them getting very very wild and i do that because it feels good and i need to shed and embrace those waves of change and transformation and honoring all parts of the process. It's such a beautiful intention to, to do these things. You know, like we kind of started this conversation of everybody's going to have a different path. It may not be for you to have it be body hair or period blood, or I don't know, like I've even played with the idea, like I want to shave my head one day just because I want to feel what it's like to a like walk around and exist with no hair <laughs> because my hair i mean i have like really long hair it's like wow so it becomes like this in in a in a way there's an attachment to it of like this is who i am and my hair and you know it's a whole thing that's the first thing people will comment on that's the first thing that people will say about something because it's comfortable because it exists and hello it's there um, and I'm just so curious what it would be like for me to walk around like in public without it. Like, what would people say? What would be the thing that they'd say? Would they be like, you have such a lovely aura. Like <laughs> you, you feel really nice. Like, I don't know. Or maybe exactly. they would move on to something else physical, but I'm just so curious if, you know, if the leg hair thing wasn't such a big, it wasn't such a big deal as I thought it would be you know, playing, like, I'm just starting to want to play with these, like, making myself a little bit uncomfortable, making myself a little bit, like, so seen, but not being attached to it, like a game. It's becoming like a game. Um, because I, I don't know that I had, I've had, like, moments of the rage of being like, everyone needs to accept this, but I honestly... I don't know if it's just my personality or my needle chart or whatever, but I'm just like, I don't care if you fucking care or not, whatever. I'm, I'm, I am, I'm doing my thing. Um, but yeah, I have, I have been playing with that idea of like just going out into public doing weird stuff or being on social media or whatever it is, like just doing really weird things that feel good in my body that may make me very uncomfortable at first. But I don't know there's something really liberating about that. It is. It's so liberating. And that's, that's the thing of being so anchored in ourselves that we're not seeking validation in these rebellious acts mm. and these actions and having the intention be rooted in an authentic truth rather than seeking the validation. And for me, like I went around for years, like I wanted to poke at people and be like, Oh, you're uncomfortable with my armpit hair. Like, do you want to touch it? You know, I wanted to piss people off because I was pissed off. So right. as I've transmuted this rage over years and through so much work, so much work and working with, with medicines and working with the elements and working with astrology and working with this, cosmological influences and just working with the elements I've come to this place of realization that I no longer intend consciously or unconsciously to be seeking validation and this is just my truth and this is just my body and this is just literally the way my body functions when I'm not manipulating the way it looks mm -hmm. and when I was manipulating the way it looks was because that's what I was programmed to do. I was told to shave. My mom bought me a razor when I was 10, which I was begging for. And I was so grateful for, I was the first girl in whatever grade I was in to start shaving. Also the first girl to start a period. So I was very, my wow. body was very matured. Um, 
in those younger ages and years. So to realize this is just me not manipulating myself and having to go through the mental process of like dismantling, it's unlearning so much. So it's, it's amazing to just feel solid in myself and to feel confident. And that took many, many years to develop a sense of confidence while breaking down social confines in order to just be myself and to be able to love myself through the judgment and the projections and the insecurities that came up and also the influences of the outer reality that is just a reflection of our own selves. So yeah, it's been been so powerful and working with my blood has been the most liberating and healing practice that I think I've ever incorporated into my life, a practice that I can do with myself that has freed up so much space in my body and my womb. This is womb healing at its finest is mm-hmm. connecting with our blood and our cycle and just our womb itself. So this has definitely been one of the most life-changing practices. Yeah. And even passing this kind of confidence of conversation and expression down to our children. Like I have an eight and a half year old daughter. So a lot of times when I'm, when I'm doing this work, I am also having her in the back of my mind and like her in, in my, my consciousness as I'm working through things, because I know that she'll have to go through her, I have a son too. I'm like, I know they will have to go through through their own things. Like there, I can't be that <laughs> responsible to say like, I'm going to enlighten you before you even make it to 10 so that you don't have to go through all this stuff. Like that's just not going to happen. Um, but things that are, have become so ingrained to be shameful and um, oppress, oppressed, especially in women, those are things that we don't have to pass down. Like those are things that don't have to be so hard for them, for people to come if we can do that work. So I'm so curious if you'd, if you'd like to share about your experience with womb healing, with, you know, becoming matured at a really young age and the process of going from that, like probably, you know, it's, it's scary and it's vulnerable and you, kind of like turn into yourself because, oh, I can't go swimming now, or, uh, you know, all these things happen and they come up and unconsciously as an adult, like they're still there of this um, kind of shame of our body's natural rhythm um, that creates life that actually (laughs) sustains human beings on this planet. Um, So I'd love to hear your, your journey. Like, what is the experience you have with it, like, what is that like? It's not something I've practiced, so I'm so curious and I'm very intrigued. And I know that there's a lot for me to learn here and probably a lot of people who are listening too. Mm-hmm. The first thing that comes comes to heart is something I don't think about often and that I've never shared. And when I first started using tampons, I was at a slumber party, pool party thing. And like you just said, oh, I can't go swimming, like I'm bleeding, you know? And this was the reality. And I wasn't yet allowed to use tampons. My mom only let me use pads. I was young when I started bleeding, like I mentioned. And I found a tampon in my friend's mom's bathroom. Like, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna use it because all the girls are swimming and I'm and I'm weird and I'm the only one inside. And my my parents aren't here and I'm uncomfortable and Aquarius rising, I feel out of place and I'm isolating <laughs> myself and I'm like over you know, I'm perpetuating this energy of feeling like no one understands. Mm -hmm. This was the old narrative in my life, assuming that no one would understand. So anyways, I, I went for it and I tried to put a tampon in and long story short, it got stuck and I was trying to take it out. I was trying to like pull it, but like, I remember sitting and I was crying and I was pulling it like as hard as I could and I couldn't get it out. And there was something a skin like a part of it pierced a layer of skin that had not yet been pierced and when i was trying to pull it out this layer of skin ripped and it got stuck and it was stuck on the tampon and i couldn't remove it Mm -hmm. and this was the most traumatizing physical thing that had ever happened to me in that part of my body 
and I was like sweating and crying and I needed help. And, ah, you know, it was this trauma. I I was in the middle of, of this traumatic moment and I didn't know what to do or how to ask for help. And asking for help isn't something I did when I was that age. And I still am working through this, this, this narrative of like, it's okay to receive help. And this is a birthright of ours to receive help from our community and from our loved ones and to trust and to be able to trust people enough to ask for help. It's been a very big story for me. And so anyways, I got it out and years later, the skin, um, in another way, in another traumatic way, it ripped again. So it's just this, it was this ongoing karmatic cycle of this like yoni area suffering from these traumas that were rooted in a lack of information that I wasn't given or a lack of awareness that I also didn't have. I wasn't taught how to lose my virginity in a healthy way. I wasn't taught how to embrace my blood or my cycle in a healthy way. I could have used a cup and there would have been no ripping and no trauma. I just, that didn't exist when I was 12 or whatever. So part of my healing, much of my healing has been through the realization that bringing consciousness into these cycles doesn't need to look a certain way. However, if it's rooted in the embracing of these natural cycles, then it's truth. And what is not natural is inserting tampons that have chemicals and they're bleached and they have sometimes fragrances and super incredibly toxic synthetic ingredients that are harming our bodies. They're creating dysfunctions in our endocrine system and our reproductive system. And um, that in itself, just that's, that's not natural. And so to look at what is truth versus what is a conditioning and what has been invented by man to suppress the power of the cycle and looking at the power of our blood has been an extremely liberating process of reclaiming my sovereignty through just using a cup, a period cup, you put it in, it collects the blood And then you have this blood to look at and then you get to decide where you're going to put it rather Mm -hmm. than yanking out a tampon and it's, ew and And we like, I remember shoving tampons (laughs) into my bag. And when I was a server at a restaurant for many years, I remember one time a tampon fell out of my apron when I was at a table, like taking an order and it was the most mortifying experience ever. It's so it's like, why, why is it that way? And so when you are using a cup or even free bleeding onto like period panties or just something that you don't mind bleeding onto, you then get to decide where am I going to put my blood? Am I going to flush it down the toilet and let it go into a septic system and just um, wash into all these other chemicals that are going to get moved around and manipulated in some weird way? Or am I going to put my blood somewhere else? Maybe put it in my garden, give it to the earth. And this is where we get to reclaim our sovereignty uh, within our bodies. So this is no longer just like do I want to shave or not? This is like, what am I going to do with this, this plasma, this most sacred substance on the earth that creates life? What am I going to do with it now? And of course we all exist because of our mom's blood and vagina and also our father's birth. If anyone who's listening right now has ever given birth or you've seen someone give birth, like it, I was actually talking about it earlier. And like, when we come into this world, like it's so, it's so messy. It's so messy. I did it twice. And it's not just like, here's the beautiful baby. It's like blood, plasma, substances, all these things that come with life. So yeah, there is a lot. There's a lot there. And it's so sacred. It's all so, so sacred. So it's really just having a choice and getting to decide what we want to do with our bodies and that's been incredibly freeing. It's really so much weight in my body. It's really so much shame in my body, so much guilt. Hi friends, we're taking a brief intermission to let you know about the sponsor of today's episode. It is our very own mini course called How to Quantum Leap into a New Reality. Because I know you are ready to stop throwing ideas at the wall to see if they stick. And I don't blame you. It's exhausting. You're ready to get clear on what's next for your path without the stress, doubt, worry, fear, and self-sabotage that comes from trusting the leap of faith into an expanded version of your life to create a new offering, to get the thing that's 
floating around in your beautiful mind, those amazing dreams out into the reality in a manifest form. In this course, you're going to learn how to slow down, observe your thoughts, and discern what you actually want to create. You're going to be able to find out what direction you want to go with your offering. How do you want people to receive it? How to commit to the path you're choosing by setting realistic expectations. Oh my God, that's so important. And find out what the driving force behind your mission is and how to use it authentically to connect with your potential clients. I guide you through the exact funnel I use every single time I decide to make a big choice in my career, whether that's starting a podcast, creating a course, um, hosting a retreat, whatever it might be. I always run it through this filter so that I enjoy the journey and I'm not getting stuck in destination happiness. It's very simple. And if you're ready to jump out of the situation you're in now, maybe it's full of stress or worry or doubt, and you want to jump into a new timeline that is full of excitement and and intention and passion. This is for you. So go ahead and click the link in the show notes and you can download it today. You can also find it on our website in the shop or in the link in the bio on Instagram, Limitless Soul Life. It's everywhere. I want you to have it. I made it very affordable because when you're creative and you're stuck in a non-creative flow, it is no fun. So go download it today and quantum leap into your new reality. Now back to the show. Offering the blood back to the earth is helping to complete the cycle. The earth is supporting our life, our mother's milk supply and our mother's blood and our mother's womb and our father's seed created the life. So how can we give back to the earth? How can we give back to our ancestors? And I've also found incredibly powerful ancestral healing in this process because I can look at my mom, I can look at my grandmother, I can look at my dad and my passed on grandfather in a completely different light and realize that their behaviors and that their teachings that they handed me when I was young was from their limited perspective of what they knew and what they were given as kids. And they didn't choose that. They didn't have the choice. They didn't have the resources and the consciousness available really in the, on the planet or in the, in their reality at that time yeah. to have a choice for themselves and the abuse that they've endured was because it was generational. That's what they knew because that's what their parents did who knew from their parents and their parents and on and on and on. And as we're looking at this huge cosmological weaving in the, of this tapestry astrologically in this procession of the equinox that is currently happening and entering this age of Aquarius, we are coming into this phase of information being restored and light being restored, light being information and darkness really just being a lack of information. We're coming into this level of consciousness. We're actually like plugging into the grid system. We're like plugging in the pieces that creates this tapestry and this map of light of consciousness and truth that's returning to the planet. And the, this is that also just in my perception. And I've found so much forgiveness for my parents for my ancestors and I've been able to grieve and feel the pain and the trauma that my mom my grandmother and my ancestors have been carrying in their bodies because this is psychosomatic and this is in our DNA so not only am I pouring my blood in on the grass in the earth and doing other fun things with it like painting with it and putting it on my body and doing a face mask with my blood but I'm forgiving myself. I'm allowing my body to have its natural process. And in, in that process, I'm forgiving my ancestors and I'm remembering these ancient ways. And there is so much grief to be processed for me in this, in this experience of liberating my ancestors and also our future generations, my future children, as you said about your kids. And it's offering them nothing less than a choice to get to decide how they want to go about their walk on earth and offering them tools and offering them an option is I think the best thing we can do. Wow. Yeah. Like that just did something for me when you said that, like offering them a choice. Ooh, like that is so like, that's really big. That's really big because <laughs> that's so big. Like I'm going to cry because so often we can get into this mindset that we don't have a choice. 
right? Like even in this last year, how much we've experienced like a, a manipulation of feeling almost in our bodies that we don't have a choice to do things and passing along that message to our children, to the next generation of like, you do have a choice. This is not the end all be all ultimate. This is the way it is. Cause that's what I was taught. This is just the way it is. Suck it up, do it. You know, like I come from like Ukrainian Finnish <laughs> bloodline that is very like, this is just the way it is. You got to work hard. You do what you're told. And that's what's up. And of course, wild woman archetype. I'm like, that doesn't feel correct to me. <laughs> and finding that there is choice, but it's deep in these layers of illusion. You've got to dig so far deep. So to pass that along to the, to the next generation of like, you do have a choice. And here's some options, you know, like which ones do you want? And I think, you know, sharing stories like this and having an understanding of astrology, that's changed a lot for me too, especially working with elemental astrology. And that's where I'd love to go next is blending in this cosmic awareness and mixing it with tangible, physical experience so that we can actually integrate the wisdom. It's not just reading a book and being like, ah, Gemini's like to talk a lot and have a hard time focusing or, you know, it's like, how does that make, you know, how do I weave in, right? It's like very tantric, like learning how to weave in, weave in this awareness into something functional, into something, um, that we can experience. So in, in your in your journey and in, in your awareness and this whole experience that you've had thus far, what are some of the biggest things that have influenced or made their way into your life from an awareness of astrology and then mixing in the awareness of the elements, like how those those two things have weaved together and why they're so important to you know, not just being like, I understand the stars or not just, I know how to do this. It's like, how do they meet? Right. There's two really big pieces. And for me with astrology, it's been an interesting journey of being once again, spoon fed information that we are to assume like, oh, Gemini, like, oh, what you just said. Okay. And then we're taking on this projection that is a limited description that was filtered through the author or the astrologer's understanding in that moment of that thing that we now take on, we take it into our bodies, into our consciousness. And we say, okay, well, this is my story. I have a lot of Scorpio, so I'm really intense. Sorry. And we can find these excuses sometimes mm -hmm. and we can um, try to compensate for who we are by saying like, well, look at my chart. Ha ha. Like, I'm never going to fit in. I'm going to continue to isolate myself because I have this weird Aquarius placement. Like, <laughs> no, how can we embrace these aspects? I can embrace my Scorpio and, and say, this is why I'm so grateful that we just went really deep, really quick right away. And this is what I'm here for. And so astrology is very complex and it's more than just the Zodiac and it's more than just the planets. There is so much more than learning about the 12 signs, learning about the elements and learning about the way they influence each other according to what the, how the transiting planets are moving around. Like, and that is even very complex. And there, that is just peeling back the very first layer of what astrology really, really is. And in my readings, the, my deepest and highest intention is always to offer illumination from my current perspective, which is always changing and expanding and growing as I continue in my studies and also welcoming intuitive wisdom that comes through the astrology chart and the natal chart and not assuming the descriptions that are placed around each thing, but looking at how is that true for us? How does that show up for us? And, and having a dialogue about like, how, how does that um, manifest itself, if it even does, in your life? And how can we look deeper at that rather than regurgitating information and just being like, okay, do, 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 got it. 
you know, Libra, Libra sun, Aries moon, Aquarius rising. This right. is who I am. This is Boom. you. You are this. You have this. This is your destiny. This is, yeah. And it's wow. not true. We can't, we can't like throw a line into the future with someone's guidance and just say, this is, this is your path. But we can look at the projection, the trajectory of the implied um, elements or elements, meaning just like the energies of what's in your chart. How can we throw a line into that future and see how it feels and what connection there already is to that bigger picture or that end goal or this grand, you know, painting, but how does that apply right now? And what steps are we taking and how is it true for us right now in this moment? And then how can we work with these energies, the insecurities, the things that we use to validate ourselves? How can we work with that, break deeper into that to understand ourselves and not need it to be an excuse or some sort of crutch mm -hmm. and looking also with the elements, like another ancient ancestral ritual and ceremony and really way of life of working with the elements. This isn't like a new age thing of like, oh, I'm in my fire and in my voice and I express myself so fluidly and my waters are so pure and my air is floating so freely that I can eloqu eloquently, you know, elegantly um, express and communicate and articulate myself. It's yes, those are the way, some of the ways in which we can use the elements and harness the wisdom of those archetypes. But working with the elements is an ancestral thing that our ancestors did to be able to live in harmony and in respect and the deepest reverence with the earth. So to me, this is all just pointing back to our ancestors in these ancient cultures that knew more about the stars than we do now, as we're looking at the Zodiac and we're like, Duh! like Pisces, <laughs> Pisces, I just, I'm really emotional and I'm right. floating in space. Like, you know, we have these, these, these cultures that came thousands of years ago who knew everything about astrology and who knew everything about the way the planetary bodies and stars were uh, moving, how they were communicating and looking at these galactic star homes where many of us come from and we call ourselves star seeds in this new age realm, <laughs> which is great. And what does that really mean? What star system do you really come from? What star system do you resonate with? So to me, this is just such a deep conversation. And astrology absolutely has transformed my way of looking at myself. And again, taught me so much love and so much forgiveness and so much permission to be myself. And then assimilating it through different practices with the blood, with reading particular books that have really opened me up but always coming back to my channel and with all this information that's out there, this is going to continue increasing on the planet information so easily available. Yeah. The internet, everything is free. It's, it's there. It's at our fingertips. It's at our disposal. So it's no longer sacred. It's no longer keeping what's sacred, secret and secret, sacred. It's just a regurgitation of so much whitewashed, greenwashed, purple washed, you know, it's like all this information is just there and it's everywhere. So how can we find our truth within that? And for me, this all comes back to our personal channel and our embodiment offline and how we connect with ourselves and whatever guides, guardians, ancestors, beings, galactic councils, celestial bodies, nature, animals, spirit guides that are our guardians and our communicate, our, our, our communication, our, our lifeline and our support system in this experience, always coming back to what's real for us and knowing that it's always going to be different. Uh, yes. It's so funny to hear you say that, you know, it's so funny because there is so much information out there and there's so many people who do have a lot of knowledge and a lot of information because we consume stuff like rapidly at this point. Like if you want a book, you can order it off Amazon and it'll be here in like 12 hours. You don't have to like go to a bookstore, search through this library to find this text or, you know, the, the, the effort to, to have access to, to these treasures are so available that it, it's almost like we don't have a deep reverence for them. 
we can really easily not have the reverence for them that they deserve and that they have to offer. And I see that happening a lot, but I try not to get too wrapped up in it because I'm like, like the, you know, like the leg hair thing or like the, you know, it's like if, if I pay too much attention to that, it's pulling me, it's doing exactly what it wants to do and like pulling me out of like staying focused, right? Staying, staying connected, staying in, in what I, I know I'm supposed to be doing, which is living and, <laughs> you know, being connected with nature. I live in Michigan, so I'm like looking out right now at my backyard and I live in a forest. Like there's no one, I don't see anybody. I just see woods and trees and birds chirping right here. And like, I'll find myself laying on the back deck the other day. It was so windy. And me and my husband are building this like huge stone patio. And we carried from our driveway to our backyard, 3,158 pounds of stone. That's 1.58 tons, like an elephant. It took us hours. It was the most intensive labor I've ever done in my entire life. Like I was physically exhausted to the point where I was like shaking. I've never felt that much exertion, but I felt so alive. I felt so alive, like doing something with my hands. Like, and it drove me, like where I'm going with this is, it drove me down this rabbit hole of deep contemplation. Cause I'm carrying a stone that was literally like probably four feet in diameter and probably 500 pounds. And I'm like five, four and I'm like carrying this thing. And I just started realizing how this tiny piece of earth, cause it came from the earth, how heavy it is. And then I started thinking about the actual earth that we're standing on. And I was like, how heavy is the earth? Like, I was so curious because it started to blow my mind. And these are the places that I've been getting into and why I love this podcast and like talking to people and having these kinds of conversations is because some of this stuff we'll just never know. But anyway, I wanted to know how heavy the earth was. It's something like 900 trillion trillion pounds, like incomprehensible, like to imagine what's two, what's double trillion what, is, what even is that? That's fake. That doesn't even sound real. Somebody made that up. Anyway, and then I laid on the deck completely exhausted watching the wind go through the, the canopy of the trees and words, poetry, feeling, you could just feel it like talking about ancestry and DNA. I could feel it just going through my veins out, like my tired hands. I could like, feel it coming out of my palms, just the answers to all of the questions I had, the answers to, you know, talk about like air. Oh, you're so chatty and this and that, or earth. Like you're so strong and sturdy and reliable or water. You're so emotional, whatever. I was like, wind had a whole different conversation for me that day. Wind was like, look how, how gently and effortless I can move through structure. Look at how, um, how flexible, solid earth is like I'm watching these trees bend and it was like all the answers were right there they're just like right there but I guess my point is sometimes you have to get so exhausted and so <laughs> to connected hear it. <laughs> and connected yeah to just find yourself in those moments of like what does the what does earth have to say what does air have to say and it might not be the horoscope that you read at the cafe. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good example of how that tangible connection to the earth is really the strongest form of, uh, of acquiring information is mm -hmm. firsthand and using our own channel to decipher our experience. And also that much of this wisdom comes from like the wisdom and the information that's out there comes from somewhere. And for that to be honored, that culture, that indigenous tribe, like that, that timeline, that time in, in history or her story to be honored as well. But such a beautiful example that you shared of, of that our connection to the earth is how we can anchor in our channel and open our channel to receive 
that guidance and illumination and clarity and support and just communion with mm -hmm. the earth. And it's really as simple as coming out outside of the things that are created for us. Like how, how did houses get built back before we had all these machines and technologies that just in the blink of an eye, just pop things up. Like before this industrial kind of realm has been birthed, how, what is the primal way and how can we appreciate our life and live in a healthy and sustainable communion with the earth and looking at the ingredients that are alchemized to create the container of our physical life like how does the earth feel about that how how are we depleting or how are we nurturing the earth in the ways that we live and carry and it's like chop wood carry water like carrying a stone is what you know brought you this enlightening moment yep. and a communion <laughs> with the earth maybe for others it's a plant medicine journey maybe it's swimming under the ocean and seeing fish or screaming underwater and feeling this like other other realm maybe it's flying in an airplane and looking down at the clouds it, you know we we have these these fleeting moments of of enlightenment that come through these waves of awakening that our consciousness doesn't shrink back. It can never shrink back to how it was before these experiences came into our field. So knowing it's a continuous journey and just literally being with the earth, getting outside and, and putting our hands on the earth and thanking yeah. her for her resources, her infinite resources, her infinite love, mm -hmm. her infinite support and her infinite endurance to support our insane insane <laughs> third dimensional existence and how we can transcend some of these densities to really really be in humility and be in an honoring vibration and honoring and reverence reverenceful walk on this planet mm -hmm. and to not be perpetuating the uh, abuse that the earth mm -hmm. has been enduring due to our unconsciousness or mm -hmm our greed as humans it's mm. incredible to see how we can come into communion really and listen and observe and learn from what's been laid out for us generations ago that we have bypassed in order to expand so quickly with technology and consumption and overconsumption and assuming authority over the earth and assuming authority over the resources that the earth provides us and knowing that that is not necessarily a peaceful or respectful way to approach our lives and how we can come to love and harmony with our connection. Yeah. And something just sparked in me talking about all of this and returning to harmony is even just the simple contemplation, maybe not simple, pretty deep contemplation of like how heavy the earth is. It made me realize there was a realization, you know, one of those like aha moments where everything turns on and you're like, I know everything right now. <laughs> I could never explain it to you, but I know. And I, I had this awareness of that energy can't be created or destroyed. Like I know that that truth. And I realized if the earth is this heavy and this dense, what we've created isn't anything new. We, we alchemized it from what already existed and we can very easily alchemize it in the other direction to find balance. Like it doesn't have to be that hard. We haven't destroyed her. She's so resilient. We just have to have the willingness to do things like this, right? To get more connected and return to um, the communion. So, and that's the wild woman way. <laughs> I guess that's what we're here for, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Having the consciousness and the devotion mm -hmm to be in service to our future generations so that there is an earth, you know, in, yeah. in two, three generations forward from now, that right now it seems like, but at the same time, it's all happening in completely divine order. Our levels of consciousness are expanding in this direction as, as the plan was laid out. And we have this choice as we've been coming back right. to this whole conversation, the choice of how we want to interact with, with our, our lives, ourselves, our community, our, fellow humans are our spiritual connection with the earth and the elements and the stars it's it's all a conscious choice that we get to make and there's infinite resources and yeah coming back to our personal truth and channel and personal aha moments and trusting yeah. in those to illuminate the path for us
Amazing. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me. This was lovely and really fun. We went down <laughs> some pretty deep rabbit holes as I knew we would. So I hope you all enjoyed this conversation. And thank you for being here, Paulina. Such and an honor. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you.